Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 Sony Open DraftKings Picks and Preview. It's a full field. That is fantastic news. There's 144 players, which means it's a cut this time around. No six of sixes for everyone. Or if it does turn out that way, it's going to be a very abnormal week because usually we see below 10% in the six of six region. Now only 144 players. It could be 156, so slightly easier to get people through in your DraftKings lineups. If you are thinking about taking golf betting or fantasy golf or DraftKings golf seriously this year, fantasynational.com is the place for you. All the stats, all the tools, the simulator up and running this week as well. Fantasynational.com slash Mayo to get yourself a discount on that. Highly recommend you go check it out. I also have a giveaway, $100 giveaways. So not just one, multiple ones. Uh, I have just launched a fantasy hockey show on Mayo Media Network's YouTube page. So please subscribe to Mayo Media Network. Help us all out here. If you go click on that video and give it a like of the hockey videos that are up there, that'll help support us in ways that you couldn't even imagine. But the $100 giveaways, if you are a listener to audio podcasts, specifically Apple Podcasts, because you can actually leave reviews on that. We're looking for a big launch over there. So if you just go... Go to Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets Podcast. Yes, it's a very SEO-friendly name for the show. Subscribe to it. Leave a five-star rating, a review, and include your Twitter handle or email address so I can identify you uh, in terms of the giveaways. We're going to do multiple over the next two weeks. So if you can please help support us in that endeavor, that will help the show launch and help people discover it. Uh, I would be greatly appreciative, and you can win yourself 100 American dollars to go along with it. Plus, the Fantasy Golf Championships One and Done starts this week. The Race for the Mayo Cup will be on. That tournament is full, but there are three separate tournaments that are up there right now at different price points. There's a $25 one and done, a $50 one and done, and a $1,000 one and done that is up there right now. So fantasygolfchampionships.com. You can find all this stuff in the description of the video and podcast, obviously. And you can go play in that right now if you missed out or just want to get in another team. They are completely flat payouts. So even if you play in the $1,000, it's only like 30 bucks per week when you actually average it out. So you can think, justify it that way in your mind if you want to play in the $1,000. I myself am thinking about getting into it. David Barnett from the Tour Junkies is on the line. You want to go like splits on a team? We can, we can have a combo show, me and you make picks? I would love to do that, Pat, because I'm not going to cough up the thousand dollars. Because I, well, I will say this too. I'll also warn you, I suck at one and done. Oh, me too. Pat, uh, my my partner, Pat Perry. Uh, my life is full of Pats, but we did one and done for a couple years when we first started the show. We were so freaking terrible at it. So you know, but you know, it's golf. So whatever, I, I'll get in it with you. Yeah, sure. Uh, DB, I'm in the I, big one though. I, I bet on golf. I play DraftKings golf. Spoiler alert: I'm not good at any of these things, but it doesn't <laughs> yeah. stop me. I'm actually better at those than I am th than I am one and done, which is not saying much because I'm not great at those either. But yeah. Uh, so again, fantasygolfchampionships.com and with DB and Pat, you can subscribe to the Tour Junkies podcast and check out their YouTube channel as well. I think that's everything that I got going. The Bets uh, show with Feinberg, that's already out. The First Look show where I do the research on Fantasy National, that is already out. So I think we're good to go to jump into the Sony Open. It is 144 players, like I said, par 70. Bermuda, just over 7,000 yards. Wiley CC, as it's been every year since like 1965. Very familiar course to a lot of people. Cameron Smith is the defending champion here, Dave. What 
are you thinking about in terms of DraftKings strategy off the top? Because I just look at it, and I think you could start your teams with like Berger at 10,000 and work your way down with a more mm. balanced lineup if you really wanted to. But that does lead me to believe like the Webbs, English, and Morikawas of the world might go under-owned here. Yeah, that's a good, you know, I think you're on the money there. And first of all, thanks for having me on, Pat. Uh, always nice to be on with the godfather of golf, DFS, and betting. Appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, I actually think you're right. I, I was leaning, I'm leaning more balanced. And to start with that burger M, and I want to talk about M later, because I, I have a mission on your show today about Sung JM that I want to make sure I hit on. But I do think the balanced approach is going to be, seems to be more popular at the moment. And I haven't started looking into ownerships or anything, right, you know, for, for now. But if I were going to go up top, I think the only guy I want is Webb. I think, I think I'm out on English this week. So I'm looking at the early ownerships, and we're recording this on a Tuesday afternoon. So a lot changes in 24 hours. Again, at fantasynational.com slash Mayo, you can go check all of these out. Webb is coming in over 20% right now. Oh, it's lining up like Webb, Berger, M, and Kisner are going to be like the four super high owned guys from the top. Ants are pulling in a lot too. Like no one's using Hideki, uh, which, you know, I can't really fault them for at this point. But uh, that that English Morikawa Neiman Hideki range in the 10,000s, I mean, Hideki single digits, the other guys like moderate double digits. I love Neiman this week. I didn't think that I was going to, uh, but the more and more I really thought about this course, how he ended up playing last week, what his skill set is, just look at his stats. Like if the guy puts normally like just average he's going to end up winning this tournament i think like last year at this event he lost over seven strokes putting but he was fifth t to green i think he came like t51 or something like that uh but if he can get the putter rolling a little bit here i don't think he's going to be super highly owned and maybe that changes now that we're both talking about him who knows but i think that's a pretty decent place to start your teams at 10-4 i mean i always like to target the guy the good players who come second the week before it seems like they can usually carry over that momentum into the next week and I think that he's ascending right now and maybe he'll end up missing the cut and I look like an idiot but I think that's a place where I'm probably he's probably going to be my highest price player in my lineups yeah I I like it I mean if you're gonna go to me the tough part with looking at this is I I don't love the 6k range and normally in the 6k range I can find some guys I really like but I looked at it this week I'm like god I don't really feel great about any of these guys not that not that none of them are gonna pop and I'm gonna get hit with a ton of questions about my favorite 6k play in the next 24 hours as I'm sure you do too so I gotta figure it out but it's because I don't like the 6k range that it makes me want to go more balanced but if you're gonna hop up you know, there's nothing there's nothing bad to say about the way Neiman played last week, uh, other than what he did in between, you know, regulation and the playoff. I'm not really sure picnicking with Sergio was the best strategy for him as he proceeded to, like, chunk hook that four iron um, into his approach on 18. But other than that, the guy was tremendous. So I can't hate anybody up here other than, you know, maybe whatever happened with Hideki and the putter was even more egregious than we've ever seen. So maybe avoiding him. These are some good names up here for sure. Um, so, but I do think the balanced approach is, is the thing. However, I want to talk people off of Sungjae. Why? Can I do that? Why? I, I, mean, t- I mean, he's Tim Anderson's I, I, one and done, so that's never a good start. Okay. Okay. Well, then now <laughs> that, that helps my case. Um, I made it my mission because, you know, Pat, you got the best show on, you got the best show on the internet with, with the, the Mayo experience, right? And everybody's listening to you. I knew you were going to be on M. I knew you were going to jack the ownership way up and I want more Sungjae M shares for myself. So uh, I'm really just doing this to be selfish, but I want to put doubt in the listeners, in the listener's mind. And I did some research. You ready for this, Pat? I did some research. 
16% owned last week on average, on fan, according to Fantasy National. That's for sure going up, right? The balance lineup structure. According to Fantasy National, over his career, he sucks in the wind, okay? It could get breezy here. Maybe not as bad as last year, but it could get breezy. In, uh, in his last 28 events since the Sony last year, he's lost strokes around the green in 14 of 28 of them. So 50% sucks around the green. This is the part where I'm pulling wild stats out of my rear end to try to convince people. Um, uh, only three of his last 10 events is he positive in strokes gained sand saves. You know, this is in Hawaii. I'm pretty sure there's sand on the golf course. God, you know, don't let Sungjae get in the sand is what I'm saying. Um, and, you know... He's gained 12.2 strokes total in two tries at the Sony, but both of those times he didn't play Kapalua before. And there's the whole play Kapalua the week before angle. Well, Sungjae did better when he didn't play Kapalua is my guess. So I think he's going to suck this week. Plus, this is the big one. Sungjae in about, let's see, we're recording this on a Tuesday. In about 24 hours, he's going to get a $280,000 direct deposit from the PGA Tour for his winnings just last week, right? Single guy, Eligible bachelor, PGA Tour, $280,000 in his bank account, sitting in Honolulu. Well, guess what? The Hawaii by Night Gentleman's Club is 4.2 miles from Wailai. If Sungjae finds himself in the most popular gentleman's club in all of Honolulu, maybe he doesn't come out fresh. You know, he's had some time to kill. He's already been in Honolulu. He's getting some rest. He's getting bored. The mind starts wandering. You start making bad judgment calls. I think a lot of people should hop off of Sungjae this week and just uh, maybe maybe wait till the California swing. I like it. I like this a yeah. lot. You have not talked yeah. me off of Sungjae, but I do like this. Come on, Pat. I mean, at least me and you can play Sungjae. Just tell the just tell your listeners they should probably avoid. So what you're saying is that Sungjae at the Sony Open is going to go full Robert Allenby. <laughs> hey, it happened in Hawaii, right? Didn't that happen with in Hawaii? It, it happened. It happened at the Sony Open. If I told you there was one player in this field that was likely to go full Robert Allenby, you can't tell me you wouldn't say it was Sung J.M. <laughs> of course. You can't. The, 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 I, it's funny because you said direct deposit into his account. I always imagined Sung J just with a like shitty car driving around the country and somehow got it to Hawaii and just basically pulls a happy Gilmore <laughs> and stacks up novelty checks in the back of his car. Yeah, I mean, the guy doesn't, he doesn't sit still long enough to spend it, but the gentleman's club is only 4.2 miles away. So I'm just telling you, I did a lot of research on this. It's one of Honolulu's most famous nightclubs and it's right there in Sungjae's backyard. All right. So what would you you do? I mean, I know what I would do and I'm a married man. I still know (laughs) what I'd do at this point, but if you want to get away from the Sungjae ownership, I think it only works one way is that you start your teams with Sungjae and work down. Because the way that the ownership, I'm just like kind of reading into it, the way it's setting up, he's the second man in on every team. He's like Webb, Sungjae, Morikawa, Sungjae, Berger, Sungjae. Like that's just the way yeah. that it feels like people are going to build their lineups. That if you just used him as yeah. your most expensive player, it gives you that balanced build, but where you have no one above him. I think that might, it's not going to be completely unique, obviously, but I think that's a bit more unique than everything else. Yeah, I... I could I could totally get down with that, and I think there's I think there's some names in the 8K range. I mean, there's names I mentioned on our show that I, I obviously I, I like more, but I'm I'm willing to bet just like every week because we all look at this, you know a lot of the same stats. They're going to be chalky, and I think there's some pivots down there in the 8K range as well that you could play too. I what do you think people are going to do with Adam Scott? Because I had heard I posted this in our member chat on Wednesday night. Somebody from Hawaii last week said Adam Scott is literally hitting it 
so good, even better than he normally does. And the, the new putting stroke seemed to be working today. I posted that in our member chat. Then he comes out after round one and says, it's probably the best I've hit the golf ball in like five years, I think was his exact quote. He hit it so good. Now, of course, he Adam Scott, he, he did what he does, which is putt like garbage. But um, I, I'm interested to see what happens. Smaller greens, you know, if he if he's hitting the greens like we know he does, little bit shorter putts. He's maybe not having to lag putt through all those, you know, the, all the undulation that you had at Kapalua. I'm wondering if Scott may come in a little under the radar. What do you think? Uh, I think that he'll be one of the lesser owned guy. He's going to be a very core. He was a core play for me last week. He was a bet for me last week. I don't know if I can get on him for the betting side this time around, but at $9,000, he gained almost seven strokes on approach yeah. last week. And he almost gave that all back with his around the green and on the green performance. So hopefully he can figure it out just a little bit, maybe stripe it off the tee a little bit better. But I'm kind of with you. This week is really confusing for me. And like, we'll get to the 8K guys in a second because I think there are some really decent pivots down there. But I like living. Like, Neiman is one thing i think that if i'm going to spend up it's going to be neiman and Berger. but once we drop into the nines i like him i like scott and i love ryan palmer this week and it doesn't Me too. it's it's weird Me because too. he was the highest owned guy last week but i'm yeah and maybe people end up talking themselves back into him by this by the time this comes around but it doesn't feel like people are on him here this is where he has a win in his career his fourth last year yeah. and even in the final round although he collapsed in terms of the leaderboard he actually played exceptionally well on sunday but the he guy just won. could he not make up going into 17 yeah he could have won going into 17 birdie eagle and a lot of people were eagling uh 18 last week he could have done it it feels like he should be like uh, yeah. nine eight ten thousand bucks it feels like a discount on him although it's way more expensive than he normally is it is. I, I think people, uh, my my Pat, I'm going to say my Pat, not you, Pat Perry, Tour Junkies Pat, uh, cannot get Ryan Palmer right. And I think a bunch of listeners probably would agree. The bunch of listeners, he feels like one of those guys that a lot of people get frustrated with. I tend to play him a good bit. He also scores a lot. If he, This is what Ryan Palmer, this is modus operandi for Ryan Palmer, okay? Worst case scenario this week. He's going to come out and he's going to be plus three through the front nine on Thursday. And you are going to be freaking pissed and then he's going to get it together enough to make it through the cut line on friday but you're going to sweat it and then he's going to shoot six under on saturday and five under on sunday and he's going to be like top six in DraftKings points scored that's worst case scenario for me for ryan palmer i think he's playing with a different level of confidence right now and he's he's just playing so good he, he does seem like a different player, and I made this mistake with Harris English last week where I didn't believe in the numbers and yeah. results that he had next to his name because I kept seeing Harris English. I was like, this is stupid. I'm not playing Harris English. And all of a sudden, he's a different <laughs> guy. Palmer's up to number 25 in the world rankings. Like He's been pretty legit for almost a year now. Maybe it is time to believe a little bit. And of course, that when you start believing, that's when the miscuts start piling up. But I just see Cam Smith yeah. and Abraham Answer in this range. And I don't know how people are going to treat Cam Smith this week as the defending champion. But I know that Answer is going to be incredibly popular. And it's nothing to take away from Smith or Answer. But they're the two guys I like the least in the 9Ks. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't mind Cam Smith. I was going to kind of wait and see how ownership shook out with him. Uh, answer, I, I, it's really tough for me to get on Answer when the ball striking is typically average to sub-average. I mean, obviously, he's very accurate off the tee, um, and he's a tremendous putter. But, you know, I know you talk about it all the time. I mean, we all talk about it all the time. It's just the the, the ball striking is what we like to rely on. So, um, But this is a shorter, you know, it can favor a shorter hitter. So if you want to play Abe, you can play Abe. I, I don't hate it. I don't really hate anybody in the, in the 9K range or the 10K range, for that matter. It's funny because in the betting market, 
when you look at it, Answer has become the Tony Finau of lesser events. He is 25 to 1 in this field, maybe even shorter in some places, where you have the defending champion and the guy who just came second at the Masters. Cameron Smith is 30 to 1. Palmer's still way behind him in terms of the betting market. Adam Scott is behind him. Like, for a guy who's never won on the PGA Tour, it seems like pretty lofty yeah. odds. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't. I guess he's one of those guys where, like, when I'm scrolling the odds, I just rarely, my eyes rarely stop on Abe Answer. I don't, I don't understand. I like the guy. I like his caddy. Uh, I think he's a good player. I think he'll win on tour. But there's a lot of guys I think will win on tour. And I think for him, he's got to have a really special week, ball striking wise, um, you know, to to do that. And I'd rather just not rely on that. Let's dr- let's drop into the eights because you said you had some contrarian plays here. The entire range goes Kisner, Henley, Horschel, ZJ, Matt Kuchar, Sergio, Brennan Todd, Lonto, Charles Howell III, and EVR. Now, per the early ownership, it does appear like Zach Johnson, Henley, and Kisner are soaking up all of the ownership in this range. Guys who have played really well at this course in the past. Now, it is my supposition that the guys that you actually want to play in the 8K range are Sergio and Billy Horschel. Hmm, okay. Well, then we're going to talk about most of the 8K range here because I like Lanto and Brendan Todd as kind of your pivot plays in the 8K range. So that's interesting. Um, and neither one of us said the the chalk donkey course history guy, Charles Howell III, who's making his 20th start and never missed a cut. <laughs> Should we? Where's he ranking in ownership? Uh, he's, he's just inside the double digits. Like, do you feel good about playing Charles Howell in your lineup? I don't think I ever play Charles Howell. Oh, I, we do. I mean, obviously he's a buddy and we like Charles a lot. Um, and he just makes a lot of money on tour, but, um, I don't know if he's at like 10%, 11%. I mean, in the 19 cuts he's made, I know he's got at least a couple runner ups. I know he's got at least a couple, maybe two or three top three finish, you know, third place finishes. Um, I don't have it off the top of my head, but I mean, he does have some high finishes here. I don't I don't know. It's going to be really tough to pull the trigger on it, but I'm surprised he's that low with all the course history that he's got. Let's see and while I does seem to be a place where course history matters a little more than other places, I think. Uh, do you think it's that course history matters here or that there's just very similar fields and the same guys play here every year? Uh, I don't know. I mean... Because I, 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 I always run into it's this specific type of tournament. So you have Wiley... Uh, Heritage is like this. Colonial is like this where, yeah, like this uh, JT Poston has a great course history here. Wyndham, uh, we can kind of throw into this too. But those four courses in particular, those four events tend to draw like tier two fields a lot of the time. And it's always like the same shorter type hitters that end up showing up and doing really well. And it's like, oh yeah, of course this guy has X amount of top tens at this course. Whereas we saw Heritage this time around. Yes, Webb ended up winning, but you saw Neiman and Sergio and guys that never really play there all of a sudden they come in with no course history and they're really good at these courses. And they're, yeah. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know. I, I guess it's, I don't know if it's course fit is, is, um, is a better play here, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. You stumped me on that one. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that it actually has an answer. It it's is, golf. It, it is. It is <laughs> funny that we talked about our favorite pivot plays. I have Hal at 14% ownership, by the way, just looking at it right now. Okay. Well, that's, that's creeping that up sense. there then. But I mentioned yeah. Sergio um, and Horschel because I think those are top-end players that just no one wants to use. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be particularly good at this course, but I think I don't think that there's a whole lot of separation between those two guys and Russell Henley and Kevin Kisner, except that they're one-fourth the ownership. And instead of like 
I mean, the, the real game theory move here is just to play all the Hideki in the world, uh, but I can't bring myself to oh, do that. So Horschel and Sergio, at least I feel, give me a few more outs in the circumstance, and maybe even Horschel above them all, because at least I know that guy's not going to lose 25 strokes on the greens when it comes down to it. He might lose like three, but Sergio can legit putt himself out of a tournament. Kucher is the one that I found really surprising. We didn't uh. mention him. No one's talking about him. He's not playing well, though he did just win the team event with Harris English in December. He won here two years ago. This is a perfect Bermuda coastal short course that he loves, but like, are we, it seems overpriced. Like he should be like 7,500 bucks. It does, man. And I didn't watch that crappy tournament. I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to watch it. I watch a lot of golf. I'm not watching that tournament. So I have no idea how much Harris English carried his old Georgia tech self through that tournament to the, to the, to the victory pedestal there. But I, I, I'm not ready to, I'm not going to pay 8,400 for Kuchar. Um, when I think you, you know, every name below him in the 8k range, I'd much rather have. Um, but yeah, the ownership I'm sure is going to be pretty low. Uh, in, in terms of your two guys, I think I'd rather have Horschel over Sergio just with a little more, uh, you know, we saw, we saw obviously Sergio last week, but then we didn't see him again until the Houston, I don't know, a little, a little more recent form out of Billy Ho that I think is important. Yeah. um, Uh, But I mean, go ahead. I, I love, I love some Brendan Todd. I'm coming around on Brendan Todd. This feels like a Brendan Todd course. You know, there's some Mayakoba vibes. There's some, uh, like you said, heritage vibes here. But his recent form's trending nicely. 37th at the RSM, 8th at the at uh, OHL, 13th last week. Um, he's played a, played pretty pretty good here with a 21st place finish last year, and really good putting on Bermuda and chipping out of Bermuda. You know, this is some the rough around here when you get in it can be kind of nasty. The Bermuda rough. He's one of the best in the field in that. He's very accurate. It's just all about the iron play for him. So I think Todd is an interesting pivot because he checks the he checks the box on played Kapalua last week, got experience here at Wiley, comes in decent form. Like he checks all those boxes, and I think he'll be low on it. I can get behind Todd. I, I really want to monitor what his ownership is. And if I do some of these, the, the big difference this week in terms of these balance builds that everyone's talking about, that probably means like two guys in the nines, two guys in the eights, two guys in the upper sevens. But if you realistically wanted to start a team with like Horschel, Sergio, yeah. Todd, and then we can drop down or maybe even take one guy in the nines. Like, I don't feel like that team has significantly worse win equity than if you had Neiman and English in your lineup. No, yeah, I agree. Um, and now I, I can't get out of the AK range of saying I do like Kisner, although I know he's the chalkiest play here. Kis loves this event, maybe for one-and-done consideration. I don't know, he could be a chalky one-and-done play as well, but um, Kis loves this event, and he loves playing this event after he gets to play Kapalua. Um, this is one of those events where he knows he has to make you know make his money because if you put him on a course where it's bombs away, Kiz usually doesn't arrive thinking he's going to do very well. So I think he arrives to this place feeling like he's got to make his money, get his, get his points. Um, so I do think you could start there as well. When was the last time you had Kiz on the show? Oh, we had Kiz on recently. Um, he was on uh, in December. We had him on in December. Okay. How is he but, feeling? But before that, we hadn't had him on in over a year. How is, he, how is he feeling about his game right now, coming off the Masters at that point? He feels he feels good about his game. I mean, he just but he did he he says stuff like this all the time. Just like, listen, man, I'm not long enough to, to compete on a lot of these a lot of these golf courses. You know, that's he just knows he's not, and he's he's tried to add a little bit of distance. It's you know he can do it, but he doesn't love it. So, you know, his reality this late in his career, you know, he's not some Matt Wolf out there. Or, you know, some young guy just coming out on tour. 
his reality is you get to these events where, you know, you can't bludgeon the course to death and you got to make your money. So that's what he's coming to do. EVR is $8,000. No one can't stand him. No one is going to can't use him. To, I don't want to use I can't him. You stand don't either? Him here. Okay. No. You know what I looked at the other day? And, and listen, EVR, I think, is a good player. Good looking man from South Africa, wears joggers. I can get down with all that. Um, but he, he's played in like 21 or 22 PGA Tour events in his career. Only twice has he had a top 10, which feels a little surprising to me for, for the love that I feel like EVR gets in general. Maybe not this week, but it feels surprising to me that that's what he's done. Now, he's got some top 20s, top 25s. He's got a few majors where he's played well in. But on the PGA Tour, playing against PGA Tour-level talent, two top 10s in 21 events, uh, you know, he comes to a place he's never seen before, Wiley. We didn't see him play last week. He doesn't fit any of those trends. I'm out. I've always compared him to be the European Tour Luke List because I used to bet on him on yes. the European Tour. Then he would miss a two-foot putt to lose a tournament. But, like, you'd look at his numbers and tee to green. Like, this guy is amazing. I think he gets the overinflated perception that you're talking about. Those two top tens that he has on the PGA Tour, one's at the PGA Championship and the other one's at a WGC, tournaments people actually watch. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, I, I would also be willing to bet I've never seen EVR's wife or girlfriend, but I bet Luke List is Luke List's wife is better. Really? I, well, Luke List is like local to you guys, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he lives here. He plays at my course, but his wife is an Augusta girl, probably one of the hottest girls to ever come out of Augusta. All right, just Luke, telling you. Listen, Luke's Luke, from uh, Luke's from he's from Tennessee. Okay, so Luke List winning at life, not winning in a putting yeah. challenge, basically. Winning way more at life than a lot of things. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? And in the list of 2021 at the moment, that could be myriad things, to tell you the truth. You could be locked down. You could be out of work. It doesn't really matter what it is because BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You need help? Reach out to BetterHelp. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. And this is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule a weekly video or phone session so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. Probably pretty good for this time of year, not gonna lie to you. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. And it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. This one about Charlotte Gibbons, that Charlotte is both com compassionate and firm. She points out when there is a belief pattern I can adjust. She also leaves me inspirational messages in between sessions. She cares about my progress. Sounds great. You should hit up Charlotte if you're out here on BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Mayo. That's Better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. A special offer for Pat Mayo Experience listeners to get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash mayo. 
$7,000 range. I love the top here. Like I love Leishman and I love Munoz. Yeah. 79, 78. Leishman, I, huh? Oh, I, God, I bet you're buying, you're buying I, the Leishman play. I bet both those guys this week. Uh, Munoz was like the second best player at TOC after round one. It just, he was so bad in round one that he just dug himself yeah. a hole he couldn't get out of. And Leishman was eighth in approach last week. He lost five and a half strokes putting and he seems a bit broken, but at 7,900, yeah. at 66 to one, I think those are good odds and a good value for a guy that a year ago would have been 10,000 bucks in this tournament. And it seems like he's getting back towards the player he used to be. Yeah, I, I hear all that. I mean, plus, and I don't even know, plus the history here. He's got a really good record here. He's obviously comfortable at Wiley. It's tough, man, because he does feel really, really broken at the moment. Um, I, I don't. I did not talk up Leishman. In fact, I talked against him on our podcast just last night. But I was all over Munoz. I do love Munoz here. Um, like you said, I think he played a lot better after day one. I know day one, I was people were. I had a couple text messages like, "What course is Munoz playing on?" But he turned it around. Um, so I do like him. I came on to Grillo pretty late last in the fall. Played him a lot, and it paid off for the most part. He had a decent fall. Obviously, this does. You know, is a putting, you got to putt well here, but man, his ball striking is always so tempting. I know Ben Roz is a big fan. I might be leaning on Grillo too, because I do like the balance build. Um, and it's harder for me to find guys down here that I want to play. So I like Grillo, Munoz up there at the top. I don't know about, I don't know if you've taught me into Leishman though. I think Leishman's just more of a talent hunch at this point. And the fact that he dropped five strokes on the greens last week, like if he can just putt like we've seen Leishman putt in the past, and maybe that's part of the game he needs to to improve on right now. But if he can get back up to like two, three strokes gain, like I went back and I looked at his Sony history. He lost strokes last year on the greens, but he had gained in the six previous years before that. So maybe he's a bit more comfortable at this course and he's just, horrible driver shouldn't come back to bite him here because you can take it off just a little bit unless it goes like full web from last week like web was on such a tear in the second round they put like two ob off the tee it's like oh, good yeah God. what was he doing i had no idea what was going on there but with leash that's I, tough to do at Kapalua. yeah i think he was like the only guy all week to do it uh grio like i ran the stat model grio's third He's behind Webb and russell Henley. yeah like oh, the, the stats God, all point week. to grio I've yeah. won money fading him in the past. Um, I think that yeah, but I, would, I, I think that Munoz is the best play of these guys. It's funny uh, when you look yeah. like down like the actual like stats that go along with it. Like Kokrak's right there, coming off a bad week, but he's like thirteenth in the stats. Uh, Keegan Bradley is tenth in the stats. My guy, see, woo, is sixteenth. Neesmith is seventeenth. Revy is twenty fifth. I just looked at the projected ownership of the guys outside of the top three that we talked about at the very top. Everyone's on Neesmith, everyone's on Cam Davis, and everyone's on Charlie Hoffman. Like, I like those guys. That's fine, but I'm oh, good with... Oh, for real? I'm good with fading all three of them. What's, uh, wh- what is Grillo looking at right now? What's his ownership? Uh, pretty high. Uh, Leishman's okay. the guy that no one's really using in that area, but I got Grillo at... I mean, Leishman, I have at 10%, Grillo at 14 Herman at 13 Munoz at 15 Okay, so, um, yeah, of the three guys you mentioned that are chalky, or uh, beyond those guys, Neesmith, Davis, and Hoffman, uh, it is, if you listen to the Tour Junkies podcast, you know that I am a massive Cameron Davis fan. Uh, but last night, as I was making my picks, I said, I'm not going to say Cam Davis, I'm not going to say Cam Davis, and I didn't. I'm also not going to say him here, you know, I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to stay away. I do think there's a couple pivots in the middle 
for for larger tournaments that I think are interesting. Um, the first one is Carlos Ortiz, who played last week at uh, at Kapalua, whatever, um, did okay. But coming off his first win just a few weeks ago, back in the fall, I, I think this is an interesting play for him. Uh, just from a ball striking standpoint, he's a fairly accurate driver of the golf ball. This is third trip around. Um, wait a minute, third trip? Am I getting that wrong? This is his fourth trip around Wiley. Um, nothing really to write home about in terms of finishes, but a little experience here I think could go a long way. And I, I don't know, I just got a hunch about Carlos Ortiz this week but that a top 10 could be uh, very doable for him. And then right above him, I think I'm going to take Keegan Bradley this week, Pat. I think I'm going to take him. I like the ball striking a lot. Um, I don't love that he didn't get to play last week, that we haven't seen him uh, since the OHL, but he played okay there. He played okay at the RSM. I think I might play some Keegan as a pivot. Whew. I, I can get I more behind Ortiz. Hey, listen, Keegan, if you're going to play Keegan, you might as well just play Grio at the same time. They're essentially the same player <laughs> when it comes yeah. down to it. The guys just edit the weeks that they make their putt. They're probably going to win if everything else clicks. The pivots that I yeah. like here, not shockingly, like I actually like Siwoo with this course. Uh, if we talk about all the corollary courses, whether it be Mayakoba or Heritage or Wyndham, those are all Siwoo courses. So I don't see why. Dude, I love Siwoo at every course. I literally, I'm obsessed with Siwoo Kim. Either way, I'll play him wherever so he's 76 i i feel like very few people are going to play him brennan grace is the other one this feels again oh. like, like a brennan grace Oof. type of course he played really well at the uh the db tour championship at the end of the european tour he was top 10 over there he's made two cuts in a row on the pga tour he was 13th at this event last year i don't love him but i don't think anyone's like he's a one percenter this week you don't like if you play 20 yeah. lines you can use them in two and you're way over the field yeah oh man you've always had a soft spot for brendan grace he won you? he won me a lot of money when he won the heritage so uh, him and Woo, man I, I just pair them together like i have money to give back on these guys uh, over the course of the year it's gonna take me like dude i've lost i've lost a ton of money on Woo, and i still love that guy um i've got some Woo stories i can share with you offline um that that will that will ratchet up your affection that much more. I don't um, know if I could get any higher on Siwoo than I already am. The guy needs to oh, win I a major. I, I, the guy needs to win a major this year. <laughs> Is he going to be yes. in the? Because Im has a lock on the South Korean spot for the Olympics. Do you think Siwoo can play well enough to get into that event? I would love to see him do it, man. Um, I mean, who, who, who? Let's see, who else are we talking about that would that would compete with him? South Korea. There's nobody else, really, right? What's that? Say that again. There, there's really not anybody else that he would that he would be competing with. Ann. That's that's like decent. Beyond that, Ann. Yeah, Ben Ann's like the only he other. Played one. so bad. Yeah, he's but bad lately though. But like, it's not like Si Wu's results are off the charts good. Like one win from yeah. Ben Ann or one second place from Ben Ann probably vaults him over Si Wu. Say out loud what you just said. One win from Ben Ann. Like, come on, man. I mean, okay. How about, a, how, about, how, about, how, about a, how about a how about a third from Ben Ann? <laughs> yeah, okay, Maybe you're getting there. Also, where is um, Ben Ann? Where is Ben Ann this week? Yeah, I don't know. He should be here. He's uh, he didn't have the the frequent flyer miles or something. I don't know. He couldn't get here. Um, in right there at Brendan Grace, there's a name above him that I like, and maybe he's going to be popular. I like Sepp Straka a lot. Um, he's a Georgia boy. He's a longer hitter that has that has popped on a few shorter courses and done okay. Um, form not too bad in the fall. Had a decent fall. Uh, this is his third trip around. Um, 
uh, around Wileye, so I, I don't mind that. But, I mean, he checks a lot. He's great with his irons, man. The opportunities gain stat that's proprietary to Fantasy National that we all know and love. Uh, he's 16th in this field over the last 24 rounds, 8th in the field in strokes gain approach. His iron play is tremendous. If he can keep himself out of trouble off the tee, like too much trouble off the tee, I, I think this could be a really good week for Sepp Straka. I think Sepp Straka wins a PGA Tour event this year. Okay. Well, listen, as someone who's bet Seb Straka in the past, I can thoroughly get behind that. He saved my ass at RSM when it looked like he was really going to blow it. The other two guys yeah. that instead of Straka and potentially even Grace that you could go to, uh, one is Kyle Stanley, who I just I always have a soft spot in my heart for old Kyle Stanley That's and his fa- yeah. fantastic irons game. But the other one is my guy, Hollywood Hoagie. Third yeah, at I like Maya, Third at Mayakoba last time around. He has the third at this event in the past. He's an iron player who's excellent. And if he can drain a few putts, all of a sudden he can get himself into the mix. I was hoping he would be like 6,600, but they saw right through that. But 7,300 is not bad. And I don't see a huge difference between Cameron Davis and Hoagie. I think long-term, like the overall skill set favors Cam Davis. But in this one yeah. event, I don't think that Cam, Dav- Cam Davis is... 16 times more likely to finish with more DraftKings points than Tom Hoagie is. I love Davis when you have four four par fives. When you have the par fives that he can feast on, you got a couple drivable par fours, something, you know, short par fours. The guy's such a long hitter. He scores well on those par fives. I like Davis in those. You know, with this being a par 70, I'm not I'm not as big a fan of that. Um, but, yeah, I, I can totally get down with Hoagie. He checks a lot of boxes. Right there at 7,300, though, right above him, what's the ownership looking like on Russell Knox right now? Because he checks boxes for me, too, and he's been playing better in the fall. I know he said he's he talked about how he's been working on his putter. He's had some issues with the putter, uh, but the ball striking was coming around. Uh, Knox. Let me check the ownership on Knox. I don't mind Knox at all. He was 23rd at Mayakoba as well. And he's right in that range with uh, like Cam Davis, like you said, is right there. Stuart Sink, JT Poston, Han, who people will... I, I think people are still like latching on to Han after his like hot two events and not realizing that he did really nothing afterwards with that. Man, Carlos Ortiz, yeah. 3% ownership. Him and Mac Hughes, two guys who played last week. And nah, just no one is going to them because they had a bad last <sighs> week. I got Knox at I have eight. a tough time with Mac Hughes. Knocks at eight. See, I like that. Actually, you, I kind of like that. You have a tough time with Mac Hughes. I have a tough time with Mac yeah. Hughes. <laughs> you know, uh, I need to tell you this, by the way. Your fa- you and I's favorite Canadian, which I believe is Corey Connors. Do we share that affection? We, as, we do. Um, well, Graham okay. Dillette is my favorite Canadian golfer, but he doesn't play okay. too much anymore. No, um, Dillette's kind of given us a hard time on Twitter before, so we're, we're better off with Corey <laughs> Connors. But, um, uh, you know, he, changed, he let go of his caddy. Did you know that? I did not know that. I know Kyle Stanley is a new caddy. Yeah, Connors, we're buddies with his former caddy, Kyle Peters, and um, we had we've had him, we've interviewed him. We haven't um, we haven't launched it or published it yet, but we've interviewed him. He let him go at the at the end of December or in December, um, and it was a cordial breakup. But I, I'm looking at that, going like, why in the world would he let him go? It's just very interesting to me that the year he had, which was easily the best year he's had on tour, um, made a ton of money. Uh, did just did really well and let him go. So his old caddy is now in the bag for Mark Hubbard, who is in this field, just FYI. So I'm not usually a Mark Hubbard guy, but so you know that when Connors makes his first appearance, he does have a new looper on the bag. Well, he would be better off trying to wrestle away Webb's caddy. Uh, and maybe, yeah. and maybe, and maybe he could line him up properly on the greens. Cause if Corey Connors could just not be the worst at putting, oh. he would be excellent. 
he would be a top. I mean, he'd be a top ten player in the world, no doubt, if he could if he could putt. His ball striking is that good. Uh, let's see here. We got the Japanese sensation Kenyatta, uh, which I know I'm pronouncing incorrectly. Takumi. Yes, seventy one hundred bucks. Think I'll pass. Do you think anyone's going to use them? No, but I mean, I, I, you, you might as well use one percent Brendan Grace here, right? I, see, or, I listen as someone. The best DraftKings result I've ever had, DB, is when I used Kadira at Heritage and ended up coming third. I in remember the big that dollar. Why not? I should remember that. Why not Takumi <laughs> Canada here? Uh, he yeah. he ended really well on the. He was the number one amateur player in the world. Like this guy's no joke. It's not like he's a thirty yeah, no, year old Japanese veteran grinder. Like he could be a real guy. Yeah, he's 22, I think. He's he's uh, he's a stud, for sure. I, I just, you know, I, I think if you're just trying to be, if you're just trying to find the low-owned upside, I, I don't know. I, I still think Grace, uh, I, I like Norlander, you know, who we did just publish an interview with on Norlander, who's a tremendous ball striker. He loves it here. I like, um, I mean, why not play Brendan Steele, who lost in the playoff here? I, and I hate Brendan Steele, but I think I'd rather play him. You're still going to get a really, you know, pivot GPP play at low ownership. Okay, I'll be talked off. I, I haven't projected <laughs> at 0.5% ownership. Straka pushing 10%. Huh, how about that? Straka pushing 10? Dang, yeah. dude. I'm telling you, man, people, now, people, now, people use Fantasy National, and it spits out the stats, and said Straka looks really good. <laughs> Dang, see that's what I, maybe I should have talked down talked him down like uh like Sung Jay. Well, Straka is um actually let me think about it. I think Straka's married, so I can't I likely can't use the Hawaii by night gentlemen's club for him. I don't know, I'll have to figure it out. I'll tweet a reason why people should get off of Straka and then mean you can play him. Well, you brought it up at the beginning. There's not a ton of 6K guys you feel very comfortable with, and we know two or three are going to pop and finish inside the top 10. Finding those guys is a bit more challenging. I'm going to stick with my guy, Doug Gim, Gim Reaper, 6900 yeah. bucks. Yeah. The guy is legit. Uh, I think that he's going to be a real player on the PGA Tour, and he's not going to be $6,900 for long, that he's going to, you know, in six weeks' time, it's like, oh, Doug Gim is 7,700. Oh, Doug Gim is 8,400. He's going to be one of those guys this year that I want to be in early on Gim, who already has five cuts made out of six starts so far in the swing season. He's finished inside the top 25 four times in those six starts. Uh, if he could just hit a putt, he would be a lot better. Yeah. I'm with you on Gim, and, and I was late. I was kind of a late bloomer on old Doug. But uh, my boy Pat Perry's been on Doug since he came out, and I was I made fun of him at one tournament. I think he top ten the thing, and he instead of pissing me off, I just came around on him, and now I'm all in. I'm all on Team Gim. I'm with you here. He was the first name that stood out to me in this range, and right there next to him, Peter Malnati. It just feels like a Peter Malnati golf course, um, you know, where short knockers can compete, putting. Uh, chipping on Bermuda. He's incredible at both of those things. Uh, fifth in the field over the last 36 rounds uh, on putting on Bermuda surfaces. And the irons are pretty good. 21st over the last 24 rounds in this field in opportunities gained and 40th in strokes gained approach. I don't think that's too bad for Malnati either. So um, I think he's interesting at 6,900. Those two are definitely my favorite plays up here. You know, and then I'd probably go down to like chalky Adam Schink, who's like the 6,000, you know, six hit guy every week that just makes a cut and doesn't do much else. Um, Wesley Bryan is one that as I scroll and I look at his name, I just go, oh man, Wesley Bryan, he could do it here. One at Heritage, really good wedge player, accurate, 
um, decent with his irons, used to know how to putt. I don't know what in the, I don't know what happened, but he used to know. Um, yeah, uh, that's oh. about it. Of the 6K guys now, early ownership, like no one's using these guys. No one's using Mike Weir this week, unfortunately. But Malnati is the only one who's above double digits right now. Oh, then I would definitely not play him at double digits. So I'm not guy, playing anybody in the 6K double digits. So not maybe this week. I, I want to get your take on this guy. Someone who's kind of like tore up Sony before, fits the narrative played last week, and again, did not play well last week. But the Swafficer, Hudson Swafford, has played really well at the Sony over the years. I think I might go to him. Well, dude, you know, I mean, I, we had a huge week. Uh, yeah, I, rem- I remember when Swafficer <laughs> won, and he's a Georgia Bulldog, which is right is us. I mean, I have I'll always have a soft spot for Hudson Swafford. Um, I definitely don't mind the play if you know if he's that if he's that low owned, and he did play last week. He checks that box. Sixty eight hundred feels a little. Like, I wish it was like 65, but it is what it is. I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Well, I'll there's, play him. There, there's a couple of the guys from last week here. Like, I mentioned Matthews, who I can't stand. He's in the mid sevens with Na in that collection. But now we have Streb, Swafford, Warinsky, Nick Taylor, Andrew Taylor, Landry. Yeah. No one's using any of these guys, and they do have four rounds of golf under their belt, at least. Don't forget Brian Gay. Right, and Brian, Brian Gay, Gay as well. <laughs> whose whose mother owns a lingerie shop in Augusta. I don't know if you knew that. I did Fun not fact. Know that. I did not know that. Yeah, it's it's it is literally you could you could hit an eight iron from her lingerie shop to the Augusta National. What? Kid you not. Yeah, that's real. I took a picture in front of it. I didn't even believe it was happening. She hasn't she hasn't been open since COVID, so uh no nobody's getting any unmentionables in Augusta from from Brian Gay's mom, but um, of that crowd, I think Swafford is my, is my favorite one out of that crowd, out of Nick Taylor and the gang. And I don't know, maybe Streb. Streb's interesting. Dang, the dude just won. Yeah. Streb might be my play, actually. Well, I, I was looking at the Fantasy National Simulator, uh, over the past few tournaments. So last week, uh, it had Harris English as the fifth most likely person to win, and he won. Uh, at... <laughs> At, I'm just, I want to pull it up right now. Just cause I, I if you I, tell me that Streb is the fifth most likely to win this week, I'm going to tell you the simulator's broken. Okay, so at Century Tournament of Champions, <laughs> Harris English, fifth most likely to win, he won. At Mayakoba, Victor Hovland, fifth most likely to win, he won. Uh, at the uh-huh. Masters, Dustin Johnson, fifth most likely to win, he won. RSM, Robert Streb, the 116th person. So that's where the simulator was a bit off at the RSM. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, if you don't have a fantasy national membership and check out the simulator, Daniel Berger is fifth in the simulation this week. Uh-huh. Chalk, chalk there. Chalk Berger. I, I think the simulator may have been broken at the Masters when it said DJ was the fifth most likely to win. I'm not sure who the four above DJ were more likely to win at the Masters. It but. was Rom, Thomas, Xander, Webb, and Dustin. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that's the way it's <laughs> been. The simulator's out. It's been nails though. It's been nails pretty much on that fifth place spot. Yeah, well, I don't. I don't it, hate the call this week for Burger though. The simulator in tournaments like this, I find, tend to do better. The weaker field tournaments, the simulator really does prove its mettle. It's when you like even. I mean, last week was kind of a weird outlier with you know Harris English somehow ending upside the top five and ended up winning. But when you get you know the twenty best players in the world at an event, like the margins are so thin with those guys that if the twentieth yeah. best player has his A plus game, well, he's going to win. Yeah, hundred percent. That's right. Um, so where? How does how's Streb projecting on the simulator? Have you found him uh, way well, down at the bottom? Let's see. I'm still on the Masters one right now. Where where are we at with? Streb? I'm putting you on the spot a lot today, here, Pat. I my, listen. To, I just don't start. I don't start looking at ownership until like your shows come out. So like, 
I just don't have a firm grasp on it. I mean, I have what I think is going to happen, but I don't even start looking at it till Wednesday. Uh, Streb in the simulator is, well, he's projected to win once out of a thousand simulations. So I assume he's just above the bottom. Okay. But you're telling me there's a chance, is what you're saying. <laughs> hey, listen, so some weeks the guys with zeros end up doing well. Is yeah. there anyone from the bottom here you could even envision playing? Like, do you want to use Evan Kawa, who's like the Hawaii state champion? <laughs> Bo Van Pelt? Uh, uh, no. Um, let me see here. At the very bottom, I mean, David Hearn is always kind of catches my eye a little bit in these weak field Se- short knock. Seifert isn't bad. Seifert, yeah, I, no, I like I like she, uh, Seifert. Well, I said Wesley Bryan. He's sixty three. Seifert sixty two. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's probably Gr- it. Grayson Everybody's Murray. favorite. I was just about to say everybody's favorite Grayson Murray. Um, no, probably not. Uh, you talk about somebody who'll be at the Hawaii by night gentlemen's club. I guarantee you Grayson Murray's got that lined up if he has any money left. Well, he, sure. he, he was on Twitter yesterday advocating, um, president Trump run his own event to correspond against the PGA championship, which was taken away from the Trump course. And like if president yeah. Trump, if you put up the money, I'll go play in that one. It's like, well, you're not going to be invited to the fucking PGA championship anyway, Grayson. So <laughs> you need somewhere to play, I suppose. <laughs> Oh man, that guy. He's uh he whenever he ditched his agent a few years ago, that was a that was a poor decision on his part. He won on Very the PGA crazy. tour like three years ago, which is nuts. I yeah, thought he was like a good up and coming young player. Now now all he does well, is shoot eighty then withdraw. He hit it a long way. He was a young bomber that crushed it, played aggressively, good college career. Yeah. But then listen, it, I will say this. I said this last night on our show. The more tour guys we talk to, the more we learn that strokes gained home life or like just strokes gained mental state, period, is something that plays such a major factor in golf that I think is greater than any other sport uh, that, that we all bet on and play fantasy on. It, it's so crazy every time we talk to these players. Our interview with Henrik Norlander, Norlander talk, said some stuff, and at, at one point I was just like, dude, what you're telling me is I'm insane for trying to get this right every week. He goes, yeah, pretty much you are. Oh, because perfect. there's just no way to know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so last Grayson two, obviously went the wrong way. Yeah, of course. Last two guys, the last few guys I want to throw out that are all in this like mid 6K range because I do use them from time to time. Killa Keith, he's back on Bermuda. He's 6,600 bucks. Chris Baker, the birdie maker. He's down there. Ryan <sighs> Almail. Ryan Almail pops up like once every 10 tournaments and actually Who? does something. Ryan Armour. God, that was too French for me. I didn't even. I couldn't. I couldn't pick up on that one. Okay, uh, Roger. Um, Roger. Or Michael Gillick, who's become like a DFS like popular guy. Uh, who else yeah. down here? We got. Uh, I guess if Sung Kang wins, he can get himself in the Olympics mix as well. Herminator, Spawn, Jimmy Walker, who's won this event twice in back to back years. Lebiota is down here. Like these guys aren't bad. Like McCumber had a really nice run through the swing season. I just don't know what to do with any of these guys. I can't differentiate oh, yeah, between any of them. McCumber's a bomber. Like he loves to hit driver and be aggressive. I don't think this is a spot for him. I, you know what? Fun fact. I love Chris Baker, but for probably three or four months, I, my listeners continued to let me embarrass myself on the podcast by confusing him repeatedly with Christian Bezenhut or however you say his name. Oh, Christian Bezenhut. How'd you confuse yeah. those two guys? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened in my mind, but somehow at some point 
I started seeing like their stats or like like their skill sets align. And then I started saying Chris Baker, the European. So like for three months on the podcast, I'd be like, I mean, it's Chris Baker. He's a Euro. He hits it straight. He's accurate. He's not going to flash you with anything, you know, super sexy, but he's a great European player. It took three months. And I talked about him all the time. It's like three months for somebody to be like, dude, Chris Baker's from like Iowa or Indiana or something like that. You need to check him. And I went and looked and I was like, oh, damn. I got I got him confused with Cbes, but I do like Chris Baker. I think he's got a good skill set. I think he could play well here. And actually, according to Fantasy National and my model, which I'm not a huge model guy, he ranks 31st in my overall model. He ranks 40th in mine. Actually, he is the best of these, mm. except for Jerry Kelly, who has very limited rounds. Oh God, is probably drawing back to like 2003 or something like that, because uh, I'm sorting it by 50. Yeah, it's Baker, Will Gordon, and Luke List are the best guys for me. You know, uh, we talked about Gim. Gim ranks. Gim is eleventh for me in the. In oh yeah, the where, so where, Gim, where, Where's Gim for me? Gim Reaper, thirty fourth for me. But that's fifth. Brian rounds. Stewart is seventh. Yeah, which, the, the confusion that you get between Chris Baker and Cbez, I get between Brian Stewart and Chris Stroud. Chris Stroud. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Okay, I could kind of see that. Um, wasn't there a Brian Davis on tour when we first started doing this? Yes. I used to get him and Brian Stewart confused. Those are the two I got confused. He's gone now. Why not? Or Bryce Mulder was one of them. Oh, I forgot about Bryce Mulder. The guy, guy, could, Bryce? guy could putt. Why not, Brian, why not Brian Stewart here, though? Doesn't this fit like the courses he top 10s at? Does he Does he top 10? I, actually, I guess he does. I mean, here he sure does. He's got two in the last three years. So, um, I I always think of Brian Stewart as maybe on a course like this that does suit him. You know, I tend to try to basically come to grips with his upside being a top 40 or top 35. But um, two top 10s here in the last three years. He finished third at the Safeway in September. Other than that, absolutely nothing to write home about. But, I mean, crazier things have happened, I guess. I'd rather have Doug Gim, though. Yeah, I would most definitely rather have the Gim Reaper myself. David Barnett, follow him on Twitter at Tour Junkies, on Instagram at Tour Junkies. Your guys' Instagram is like huge. I never realized that. Yeah, you know, we got into the, you know, we, we have fun making, it's the lighter side of what we cover. It's very little gambling stuff over there. Maybe that's why it's gotten bigger than, uh, <laughs> it's just more making fun of the tour and the players and memes and all that stuff. It, it trends well on, uh, on Instagram. We're on TikTok now too, Pat. Are you on TikTok? No. I, 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 got a lot, I got a lot on the go. I need to hire like a 19-year-old to do all the social medias for me. Dude, we're on TikTok. It's a blast. I mean, we're not, we don't know what, what in the hell we're doing on TikTok, but it is, it's fun. That's where all the young kids are. That's where we're, we're raising tight little baby degenerates on TikTok right now. You should come join us. Well, it's an untapped market in the gambling game, so maybe I'll have to get in on that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, your guys' show already out this week, and you got the stuff on DK Playbook or on uh, the DraftKings YouTube channel. Yep. So our stuff's already out, uh, other than the written content coming. And yeah, TJ After Dark on uh, DraftKings YouTube channel. You can check that out. Um, yeah, and the and the Nut Hut as well. The member chat going on. It's gonna be a good time for sure. You can follow me at the PME. My cheat sheet will be up on DKPlaybook.com on Wednesday. My betting cheat sheet will come out on Wednesday as well, up on Twitter and Facebook. Other than that, sub to the show, getting that giveaway for the Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Help us out there. Help support the community when it comes down to it. I will be back tomorrow with football, with Feinberg, and Cust, and you can go check out all the other shows anyway. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo to get all your stats, all your information, all of your tools, and FantasyGolfChampionships.com to play in the one and done, which starts this week at the Sony Open. Good luck. I'll see you next time. <laughs>
Experience! Experience!